1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: lmfm sunday sport your
1: sport your station you're very welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheehan with you until four o'clock. Now, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to All-Ireland winner and now also an all-star, Niamh Sullivan about a fixture situation which saw her playing an intermediate camogie final and a senior football semi-final in the space of a few hours on a Sunday afternoon. This is clearly a situation that shouldn't happen, and Niamh felt that the lines of communication between the ladies' football and camogie associations in Meath was something that left a lot to be desired. So what was the cause of this clash, and what can be done in the future to prevent similar issues occurring. To help shed some light on this issue, I'm joined by Colin McManus, the Meads Ladies Football Chairman. I should mention before we start that we have invited representatives from the Camogie Association in Meads to come on the show, but we've had no response as yet. Colin, first of all, thanks so much for joining us.
2: You're very welcome, David.
1: So, as I said there, it's been a marvellous year for the ladies' football in Mead, but we just wanted to reflect a little bit on the fi- fixture situation and try to tease out maybe what happened. I know you'd be aware of, of Neve's predicament a few weeks ago and those two games in one day. Looking at that specific example, could you maybe explain to people how the fixtures' process works and how it ended up that a camogie game and a football game were both fixed for the same day within a few hours of each other?
2: Um, last July, on the 27th of July last year, all the clubs in Mead... Um, were sent out the master fixture plan for for the year ahead. Um, So uh, Mead Kamogi was also issued with a copy of that uh, fixture plan Mm. in August at at their request. Mm. Um, We requested a copy of their uh, fixtures also, but um, all we got was a a list sent back of proposed dates that they had games to be played on or before a certain date, but there was nothing actually concrete uh, regarding the fixtures. As for on our fixture plan, uh, games were formed the they to be played uh, every two weeks. So, mm. as from there, like, ours was in concrete and, um, as I say, every two weeks, we actually put back the start, we gave them two sta- um, provisional dates to start our championship because of uh, the Mead ladies' involvement sure. in, in the football. But also, we took into account Mead Camogie and we deferred the start of the championship prior to their semi-final in the hope that Kamogi would reach the All-Ireland Intermediate mm. Final. But unfortunately for them, that didn't happen. Mm. So like, as I say, David, our fixture list had been out there from July and and clubs knew, as well as Meekomogi, they knew um, what our master plan was.
1: Right. And just to kind of get a handle on this, what would you say the relationship is like between Ladies Football and Meath and the Kamogi at an administrative level? Would there be much communication between the two bodies?
2: Unfortunately, Davis, um, I, I would have to say no. There wouldn't be an awful lot of communication. Um, back five years ago, our then fixture Secretary, uh, Porrick McDermott, um, touched base with their fixture secretary, and uh, they actually sat down and formulated um, a Masters fixture plan for, for that year, and it ran like a dream. Um, the following year, then, uh, Porrick tried to touch base again, but... Um, to no fault of his own couldn't get in contact with anyone. Through, with me, Kamogi. Now I understand, like people come and people go. Mm. So sometimes the person that you might have been talking to one year mightn't have been there the following year. Um, last year, uh, I must say that um, both us, ourselves, me, Kamogi, and me, GA, sat down together in Screen and we had a, a very productive meeting because at the time with COVID there was only a twelve-week window of opportunity for us to get our games played mm. and. As I say, it was a very productive meeting. We drew up a, a Masters fixture plan, which ran like a dream until the last couple of weeks and Meekamogi then switched some of their semi-finals the same weekends that we had um, semi-finals and finals and then we had clubs contacting us about player welfare and having to play two games within 24 hours. But as I say, there was an agreement in place from, from early in the year so at that problem shouldn't have arisen. Mm. But like we're going forward, David, like we we'll say in, into twenty twenty two where we already know that it's going to be a split season, uh, it is going to come to a situation where ourselves and uh, me Kamogi and me GA are going to have to sit down and come together and draw up a fixture plan and stick to it religiously. So it's, that's so that so every player can be accommodated.
1: Yeah, it seems it seems remarkable to me that what you said there that in previous years the the two bodies have sat down and come up with a plan and as you said in your own words there it ran like a dream for that to not happen this year just I cannot understand that at all it makes no sense to me at all because at the end of the day it's the players that are going to suffer here so and again I, I, I mentioned at the start we did invite somebody from the Camogie Association to come on I appreciate they're not here to represent themselves but we did give them the opportunity we got no response so from your point of view it must be very frustrating when you've got players coming to you and and you know questioning fixtures when you know from what I can hear and what you're saying it seems like you've done as much as you can on that side of things
2: like uh, exactly David like I'm right back to the, to, to the incident there earlier in the year where, where, where it was the clash and our county players wore the t-shirts to support the June player I think like, and mm. we we love to see girls playing both codes. But, like, we have 42 clubs, so we have we have 54 teams playing adult championship from senior right through to junior E competition. We have 8,500 registered uh, players in the county. Like, huge numbers. And at the end of the day, all we want to do is try and facilitate both codes. So, like, the only way to do this is to sit down round the table with everybody and formulate um, a concrete Masters plan and and, and going forward I, it's the only way that both associations are, are, are going to um, keep all the dual players happy
1: Yeah and so would you be confident that going into next year I mean you mentioned their attempts at the beginning of the year to, to sit down with Camogie and, and nothing came of that but would you be confident and maybe by, by highlighting this issue on the show here we might help in some sort of way as well to, to get this sorted but would you be confident that that this will be resolved next year and that you'll get back to a situation that you had a few years ago where you did sit down with the Camogie Association and the GEA and Mead as well and make sure that this kind of fixtures thing runs as smoothly as humanly possible?
2: Well, David, as I said, going forward with with the split season next year, it has to be done. It's the the only way that both associations are going to get all the games uh, played to to a finish. It's the only way that uh, we're going to get to accommodate the dual player. And probably... The only scenario is that on a weekend where the Meade GA are running their championship, maybe the Camogie run on the same weekend and then the following weekend where the Meade LGFA would run their competitions, Meade-Horland. So then you wouldn't wouldn't be trying to um, use uh, referees from from, um, across the codes They'd They'd be available on every second weekend and everybody would know that the competitions would be on every other weekend, and something like that has to be done to formulate uh, this and resolve this situation. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And just to make it clear, I mean, we're not, neither you nor I are in the, the business here of, of apportioning blame to anybody. We're just trying to kind of figure out from our point of view here on the station and on the show, we're just trying to figure out how these situations arise and maybe what can be done in the future. And as I said, I know there's nobody from the Kenobi Association on the line at the moment to uh, put their side of it, but maybe we'll uh, we'll hear from them in due course. But just at this moment in time, they weren't uh, willing to come on and talk or didn't get back to us on our request. Uh, just one final thing then, Colm. You know, we hope that the, the fixture situation gets sorted out in, in the next uh, year or so and that this doesn't arise again. But looking at the at the situation as a whole in me this year, if I told you at the beginning of the year that me would win the Senior All-Ireland and also have eight All-Stars, I'm not sure you would have believed me.
2: I would have been saying, can I ever look into that crystal ball that you're looking into, David? <laughs> <laughs> it's been some year. Look, it's been unbelievable and people talk about um, the, where does it come from and, and the whole lot. But like, in fairness, David, this didn't happen overnight. This, mm. this has gone on since twenty seventeen. Like when this, when the management, this new management team came together, and this group of girls came together, and they've worked hard. And like we lost two intermediate finals, we lost the league final mm. before we actually won a league. Um, and then when we won the intermediate back in December, the girls believed themselves that they were ready for the step up. Now, I personally myself, I thought my, I thought it might take a year or two but the girls believed in themselves in their ability and they didn't fear anybody yeah so but that's what say, i say I would say that it was it's the hard work over the last three years. This just, just didn't happen overnight.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking back to it. I was at a, a league final up in Clonus a couple of years ago. It actually feels like a lifetime ago, but it wasn't actually that long ago. And really, the only, the only people that were there that day were, were kind of the families, the parents of the players. You compare that to the crowd that was at the All-Ireland final. And, you know, young, young and old, boys and girls, men and women, the crowd that was at that final and the, the celebrations and the scenes afterwards. I mean, I still get goosebumps now thinking about it. It was just incredible.
2: It was I have to say if really and, as you say, even to watch it back they like Doctor give you goosebumps and maybe t- eyes might well up with a few tears here and there. to see, to see the meat supporters on Hill sixteen and even leaving leaving Crow Park that evening and heading heading back to the Royal right, County, to see the droves of people walking up by the matter mm. with flags and it was unbelievable. A lot to say to get back to Knightsburg that night when the reckon there was nearly 3,000 people there to, to welcome the team. like this, The scenes were unbelievable. Like the support that these girls have been given over the last 12 months is unbelievable. But it just goes to show where ladies' football is now in the country. Not even in just in the county, you Mead, but throughout the country.
1: Yeah, and you talked about it earlier on, about the numbers of players in the in the county. Have you seen a huge, uh, you know, rise in numbers over the years and presumably something like winning All-Ireland all this year. In the next few years, you're going to see even more taking the game up.
2: Oh, but that's the thing. Like, like back a few years ago, probably like Germany, we in around 5,000. Two years ago, we had 6,000 registered players. At the minute now, this year, the figure has gone to 8,500. So it is. Like, it's huge, so it is. Like, ladies football is, is, I know it's been said many of the time, is the biggest growing sport in Ireland. And I think I think now we are the second uh, highest uh, in the country uh, with um, registered players. So, like me, me really is now one of the homes of ladies football in the country, and it's, it's where, where it's progressing from. And please God, we we will see the fruits of that be nailed out over the next couple of years uh, with more success.
1: And I suppose the only downside to that is it probably makes your life a lot a lot busier and a lot more hectic. I know you're out in Dungani today; there's a raft of finals on out there, but I'm sure it's not a it's not something you're you're too you're you're complaining about because it's a it's a positive thing, obviously.
2: Look, if, when you have success, um, it makes up for for all the long hours that you put in and standing out on cold, wet days at the likes of today here. But it's a lovely day here in Dungani today. Um We don't get too many of them in, in Dungani. But it's a lovely fresh day but look, it, it, the success makes a lot the more worthwhile, David.
1: Listen, Colin, thanks so much for taking the call. I know it's uh, it's sometimes difficult to get GA administrators on the line, but we really do appreciate you coming on and, and explaining the situation around the fixtures, and hopefully it'll get sorted out for next year, and we won't have any more issues like this. But congratulations, aside from that, on a great year for me, ladies' football, and here's some more to come.
2: Thanks very much for the call, David. Thank you. LMFM Sunday Sport, your sport, your station.